Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Here we are, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and I have got a show for you today, as I always do. Don't forget, by the way, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed to it, uh, whether that be on iTunes or, I don't know, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We are on Spotify now, uh, and it's very helpful on iTunes if you leave reviews. So comment uh, leave reviews. We'll talk about them here on the show. If you have any uh, uh, positive comments you want to make, uh, click some stars. However it works, go to iTunes and talk about the show. Today, uh, it's going to be a great show. We're going to run down everything that happened on Raw and everything that's happening in the WWE with Katie Linendahl in the state of wrestling. But first, I got the opportunity to talk to an independent wrestler who I think is a major, major talent. Drew Gulak. Uh, who you may know from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, from CZW, from Evolve. Uh, he's definitely, I don't even know if you can say a throwback. Drew Gulak is a guy who specializes in legit amateur wrestling. Uh, I got to see him when I was in L.A. for Pro Wrestling Guerrilla uh, at the Lemmy Show. If you guys have seen that, I think it's on DVD. Uh, wrestle Timothy Thatcher. And it was amazing to watch because it was legit grappling. You know, you could tell it wasn't choreographed. They weren't calling spots. They were grappling. And he's just a very, very talented dude. You've gotten to see this everywhere he's gone. Uh, and more mainstream fans might know him as one of the cops that arrested Vince McMahon when he got sent to jail in Brooklyn at the end of, of 2015. He was one of those cops. But he's been making a huge mark for himself. Uh, people have been talking about him, especially since the WWE and Evolve partnership launched. You know, it makes you wonder, because he's so not what's on television right now. Because he's not, he's, he's, he's amateur wrestling. But it looks real, it feels real, because a lot of times it is real. I got to talk to him, I was out in Los Angeles, and I ended up talking to Drew uh, on the sidewalk. We found a stoop. Uh, in front of a, a house that I think had some construction going on on it. And we did the interview right there. Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast goes everywhere it needs to go. Uh, and I wanted to talk to him about everything. I wanted to talk to him about uh, 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 his time on WWE as as an extra arresting Vince McMahon. I wanted to talk about the Evolve partnership. I wanted to talk about his style of wrestling and where it came from. The fact that his brother is also a wrestler. A lot to talk about with Drew Gulak, so let's get to know him. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Feet away from 
Venice Beach, California, brother. Yeah, and feet away from someone's apartment. <laughs> yeah. Complex. We're not in a studio because I felt like since we're, I don't do a lot of shows on the West Coast, right. we should do them outside. Uh, Drew Gulak is here. Hi. Um, Hi. Yeah. Drew, what's the haps? Uh, the haps. I'm out here for a pro wrestling gorilla. Yes. That's the haps. Well, you do uh, a lot of shows that the fans have just become glued to. Like, pro wrestling gorilla has this fan culture, but Chikara has this fan mm-hmm. culture. Like... A lot of the organizations that you work for have very specific yeah. fan cultures. A lot of local independent groups that kind of just break out with media and stuff like that and have a following yeah. outside of their promotion. Does that become difficult to kind of... Are they different fan cultures? Like yes. you have to work differently to make yeah. sure that, that they're getting what they want? Yeah, they're very different. Like uh, Chikara is a great example. They're very family-oriented and, mm-hmm. and draw in a lot of like local families and stuff like that. People you wouldn't see at other wrestling events. Uh, typically, pro wrestling gorilla, uh, for example, are like local fans who follow wrestling all over the world, and people who just come from crazy locations just to be a part of that atmosphere that they've cultivated. Right. Uh, Combat zone wrestling, like hardcore crazy fans just want to see like a fight. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I think every independent has their own little. It's interesting crowd. for you because you're a Philly guy, right? I'm a Philly guy. So when you get to pro wrestling gorilla. And you see the West Coast fans who are still as rabid uh-huh. as Philly fans, but they're all nice. Uh, for the most part, like... It's, it's been great. <laughs> like, that was weird for me. I went to this Pro Wrestling Gorilla show for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, like, I see that, like, during intermission, for instance, it's all general admission. Everybody's trying really hard to get a good seat. Yeah. But you leave during general admission. Nobody takes anybody's seats. No. You know, people feel bad if the chants get too mean. <laughs> You know, like when they're chanting yeah. at the referee, they're like, don't call him fat. Just tell him he's not good at his job. Right, and they boo the one guy who's being an a-hole. Right, like right, like right. They yeah. they boo the one fan. Can I say a-hole? You uh, can say a-hole, you okay. can say asshole, you can say whatever you All want. Right, thanks. Yeah, you you got it. Cool. Um, is that weird for you when you first start seeing that fan culture? Because if you did this show in Philly, I mean, they would want to light people on fire. I, it's weird. For, it's definitely, like, weird for people who have never like experienced that before um yeah. i've been very fortunate that i've i've had that experience and stuff like that so i'm, I'm able to tolerate you know I, I try to tolerate as many different types of audiences as i can right uh so for me personally no it's just great i just uh-huh. like seeing it it's really cool when you did you start when you started pro wrestling mm. did you have like a an amateur wrestling base or a grappling i did i was base? i did um i never like growing up I, I didn't really know about amateur wrestling and then i was in a city school so we didn't have it like in the elementary and the, uh, the middle school level, high schools where wrestling existed amateur. And I just happened to have a chemistry coach who was the the head coach of the wrestling team. I had a chemistry teacher that was the coach of the wrestling team. And uh, he invited people out to try out for the team. I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to go for this. And uh-huh. It worked out. I just fell in love with it. What that. made you want to go for it? Like, were you a pro wrestling fan? I was growing? totally a pro wrestling right. fan. Right. Yeah. I so. tried that too. See, this is where stories like change. <laughs> uh-huh. Because the guy's in seventh grade, and they were like, we're going to put a bunch of seventh graders on the bus, and you can go and be on a wrestling team at the high school. So I was like, I love pro wrestling. I love Macho Man. I'm going to join the amateur wrestling team. Just like Macho Man. But I was terrible at it. I mean, I went went 0-13 for the season. (laughs) Uh It's hard. And then that was it. And then I I was like, no, I'm not meant to do this at all. Did you hate it? I mean... I didn't hate it. By the end, I thought it was funny that I kept losing. Like, I didn't have that, that <laughs> okay. thing that you're supposed to have they're, as an athlete. They are dedicated. Like, yeah. Especially, like, amateur wrestlers. Like, it's a whole different breed. People. So, then did you, when you start falling in love with amateur wrestling, does, do you still keep your love for pro wrestling, or is yeah. that you do? I think it, it, like, made me appreciate it more, if yeah. anything. Because uh, 
I don't know. I was I was a deathmatch wrestling fan at that stage in my life. Right. And then like I was getting into the technical side, and I started really appreciating guys like Kurt Angle and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I was doing what he did. You know, he was known for. Uh, and it's not easy. Right. So uh, it definitely helped me to kind of go in that direction. And that's weird. I guess growing up, did you watch Japanese wrestling a lot? Like when you not say deathmatches? No, no. I all, everything like I knew from deathmatches or independent wrestling was through CZW. I see. That was it. I so, see. Secondhand through them, yeah, because yeah. they had a relationship with that. But uh, it wasn't until after I had fallen into it. Because it is weird. Like I was a tape trader in high school. Okay. And it gets it gets because you go Japanese wrestling and it's whatever you're exposed to first. Yeah. Like so, when I was in high school, I thought all Japanese wrestling was barbed wire, <laughs> exploding cage, piranha. FMW. Yeah, 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 big Japan. Yep. Like, uh, and then you realize that if you want to go over here, they also have the best like technical, yeah. you know, grappling uh, wrestling. Bar none. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Surprising for you when you found out that there was a place in pro wrestling for that amateur background? Because for a lot, you know, aside from like old, old, old school wrestling, mm-hmm. when you look at like 80s, 90s wrestling, it couldn't be further from amateur wrestling. Right. I don't know if I had expectations of mm-hmm. any kind as far as like what people would be tolerant of or accept as far as watching stuff. Uh, I just knew that I really loved it and I wanted to do it and get good at it. Yeah. Um, and I'm still trying to do that. Right. Uh, so... I think that all that all started clicking honestly like five years into my career. I I had been an amateur wrestler like when I started out. I was at my high school was my first show right in my own singlet like my wrestling singlet. Um, so I didn't really have much of. I didn't go out there and was like I'm going to be the boogeyman or mm-hmm. I'm going to be the Undertaker or some variation of those characters. I was just me right. And I happened to be an amateur wrestler. Yeah. So that's what I applied to and tried to make it work. And then five years into my career, I was like, all right, I just. And I got fed up of wrestling a certain way with other people and said, mm-hmm. I'm just going to try some stuff out and see what happens. And eventually it started clicking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you want to wrestle that style, though, you kind of have to hold it for when you can find opponents that can do that with you. Yeah. If you if you want it to really mesh, sure. Otherwise, right. you're going to have differences. Just, you know, I guess that's if you're into, um, like, conflict theory and stuff like that and that mm-hmm. idea of progress, it's natural and it's good. Uh, so I, I got to the point where I didn't care if there was conflict. I just, this is, we're going to try this. Today. We're going to do yeah. this. Yeah. So do you end up eating people alive when you're out there at times if they're not? Oh, sure. Sometimes. For, yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah. Got to eat them up sometimes. Yeah. You know? And you'll let them know like, okay, you should have come prepared for this. And if, if you they ask me, right. If they ask me, I'll let them know. Right. If they don't ask me, I'll shake their hand and say, thank you. <laughs> right. But they'll feel it either way. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You so don't every, know. everyone's different. Yeah. Right. 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 Do you have a, I mean. I don't even want to ask about your favorite. Do you have a Do you have a promotion that you consider your home promotion? Just because I started training there, like Combat Zone Wrestling and yeah. Chikara too, like they're my home promotions. Right. Uh, they were the same school at the time when I really like got into the bulk of my training uh-huh. uh, under Chris Hero and Mike Quackenbush and Skyda. And that was like 2005, mm-hmm. right when I started out. Those are that's tech, that's where I started. So right. That's, so that's what your that's my roots. your home base is. Right. And when you enter into a PWG and Evolve and, and these places. Do you say to yourself, okay, how do I kind of mesh in with this culture as opposed to being the outsider, or does that not even affect you? You just go out there and do I've, your thing? Honestly, I've been so numb to it for a long time. Yeah. And, and some good advice that I was given was, like, you're, you were brought here for a reason. So that that means, like, when you get here, don't change all of a sudden. Right, right, right. Stick right. to your guns. Right. Like, uh, so if I'm, being, if I'm being, like, brought into an area or something, I just I do my thing, like right, you said. Right, How long into independent wrestling did you find that you were starting to kind of gain a reputation 
I don't even think I have a reputation now. You don't? I, not really, no. Like, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, I mean, it's whatever. But I, it's it's always flattering when people do say, like, hey, I, I know you from this area. Like, right. I'm a fan of your work and stuff like that. Because, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like stuff is, while it's so accessible in, in certain ways, mm-hmm. um, it's at least the, the matches that I'm most proud of and stuff like that, you have to go through channels to acquire those things. Right. So it's... It's limited to those fan bases, right? In that right. sense, you know? I guess. I guess it just there's a thing though now with wrestling where it's like, just your name being brought into conversations more and more. You become, oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that guy. I keep if, hearing about if that. If anything, guy. what you're talking guy. about, it's not been to the last year or two. That's it. Mm-hmm. So not till nine, ten years into my. And career. is that like, do you ever go through a phase where you're like, I got to change something up because I got to be one of these buzzy guys, or you just go, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna be the best at being me and. This is what you always have to be open to the idea of change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if something sticks out, seems like an opportunity to change things up or mix them up, I think it would be uh, unwise to not try that mm-hmm. that route because if you don't, like, you'll never know. Right. Um, but I've never been like, all right, uh, today I'm going to wear all red and long <laughs> tights yeah. and knee pads and change up my look completely and start doing, you know, aerial attacks all yeah. the time. Um, it's just been like, if I feel it, I'll, I'll do it. It's, right. it's very much as it, as it goes. Right? What were you doing at first that you felt like for the first five years that you had to just change up completely? Uh, just routines, just straight up routines, just, right. you know, uh, sticking to a track, not, not thinking about connecting with an audience so much. So like you'd learn a set of moves in school mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is my match that I do. Exactly. Or whatever, whatever happens to be your opponent at the time, like yeah. however they format anything yeah. if they do, um, just getting fed up with running tracks and right sticking to scripts and stuff like that. And is there an aha moment when you're in there and you're like, like if I just don't do what I was planning on doing, that there is, there's like so much room for improv here mm-hmm. that if I just go, I could do this all the time for me, and for it's me fun and it's fresh. I know for me there was. I know for some friends of mine who uh, never really tried that stuff and I was like, we're doing it today. Yeah. They have had that experience. And it's it's not like... Yeah, the crowd's going crazy, cheering for you like an adrenaline rush. Uh-huh. It's more like an unlocking of a of something up here, right? And that's such a cool feeling in a right. different way, right? Yeah, because now it's not like, yeah, you're, like you said, it's not the crowd pushing you to do something. It's this sort of like I can be creative here. Yeah, like you're, letting, know, you're letting your guard down. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the best way I could put it. Right, then and then just, then I would imagine you can get to a point where you can get those moments of adrenaline rush and blah 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 because now you're doing things that sure. you never have done before, so the crowd's never yeah. seen you do before. Yeah, if you're an adrenaline junkie, that I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's possible. You yeah, know? yeah. Are you in? A, do you like? Do you like? The adrenaline part of it, or do you like those moments? More? I think I think you gotta like the adrenaline yeah, part of sure. it to kind of do like such a physical thing like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think and more rewarding for me is when something like that happens. When I see growth either in myself or in someone else, that's the or even in like the company or the the story of the match, right? And an understanding from the audience that to me is the coolest thing. Yeah, when you're when you're about to wrestle a guy like Timothy Thatcher, who we saw you wrestle. Over the weekend for PWG, mm-hmm. like you yeah, get the crap beat out of me. That's, that's what, what I saying. mean. And yeah. like, and like, you watch it, and I watch it. And I watch a lot of wrestling, and I under, like. But when I'm watching, them, I'm like, no, these are two guys. Especially the beginning, like the first half of the match. It's like, no, we're just gonna go out there and really wrestle, wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna do the holes, and if I break out, then I break out, and if I don't, it's not. There was no sort. Yeah, of, we were fighting. Yeah, there was no we give were, and take. We were, it was we like we were killing each other. Yeah. Yep. Do you know going in? Like, <laughs> do you have to put yourself in a different mindset where okay, this is gonna be really painful uh 
I'm always kind of like anticipating that. You are because any if you slip and fall the wrong way, you're done. Right. You know, for a week or so, or longer than that, if you're unlucky. Um, that's something you gotta accomplish, I think, in training early on. Mm-hmm. Just, just not of, being afraid of. Yeah, that, I mean, like I, as a trainer myself, that's one of the first things that like people have to like break down is kind of just opening themselves up to letting their body kind of lead them yeah. through the the motions and the techniques. Yeah, and once they get comfortable doing that only then can they start to really focus on the other stuff. Right. You know, otherwise that's just going to be a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about that as a trainer? Like, do you like, do you see yourself going forward? I mean, you're a young guy, but like, I feel like a trainer is a job that you can kind of have for a little bit longer in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's not that sort of window. Yeah. You can do it for a while. Do you see yourself being a trainer long yeah, term? absolutely. That's where I you... Loved, I love teaching people and helping people. I've always kind of gravitated towards that kind of stuff even outside of wrestling like that's just i love seeing people learn and get better yeah yeah it's rewarding in its right. own way you know and watching them like watching some guy in a ring who you saw like just come in off the street mm-hmm. and now he's actually doing and, yeah and, and you know living their dream yeah yeah and successfully yeah and safely right yeah. right hopefully 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 is, there, is hopefully. it i would imagine it gets frustrating though because there's a lot of people who must come in who've watched a lot of wrestling like i just said i have we're like, no, 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 I know it. Sure. And I'm you, sure that's true of any, like, field like that, like, whether it's making pizzas or, sure. or an actor. You sure. You know, like, oh, yeah, I watch a lot of movies. I can do this. And Okay, cool. You're out. Like, done. Immediately. You, right. You know, like, that just right. that happens sometimes. And do you, have to, do, you, do you have to remove those people, or do they end up just? It's all situational. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm a very patient person. Uh-huh. I'll say that. Uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of stuff and uh, I've been able to tolerate a lot of stuff and I've seen people who just have no patience for it whatsoever uh-huh. get out you're done and that's that's the end of it but I, I try to you know I try to be understanding of right. situations right your brother's a wrestler too right he is right yeah. and uh, what's that like is that a good thing like I, having I love it you do I used to beat him up through <laughs> the couch and stuff he would never win <laughs> he wouldn't never no no and he still doesn't right not really well, not really no, no. No, um, sorry, Rory. <laughs> but there's no like. Hi, Rory. It doesn't get like weird. No professional jealousy. It's just you guys helping each other out. Me and him. No, yeah. not weird at all. That's good. I don't. I don't think it's weird at all. Um, it's been awesome. I've been getting to work with him more now. Yeah. So it's like the most fun I'm having. Right. Because it's like it's my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like we beat each other up. This on the is couch. what we used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the backyard or whatever. Pretend we were the brood walking through <laughs> our living room in our underpants. Really cool guys. Right. You know, like well, you're going to, now mean, we're doing that in a ring. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like if people go to a show and see you two and you come out in like puffy shirts, vampire, vampire right. caves actually <laughs> right now. Yeah. You're just living your dream. Uh, what do your parents think about, uh, the boys? uh, it's weird. Like my parents always still want me to like go out and pursue a real career. Uh-huh. Because this isn't a real career. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, honestly, the first time my mom said she was proud of me for accomplishing something in wrestling was, like, last week in 10 years. That was the f- what first was time it? she's actually said something like that. Of course, she prefaced it by saying, you know, I'd still like you to become a dentist or go back <laughs> to school and get your bachelor's degree in, in this. Um but no, I I I got a bit part doing, like, some, some work on TV, and she saw right. it. So oh, that was really course. cool. So that – so – after everything that you've done, mm-hmm. your, your mom's proudest moment was when you got to arrest. I think it was so much Vince McMahon. I mean, that seems like you're like, mom, I'm killing myself every weekend. Right. Well, like, she, yeah, I think it's just the fact that like 
all right, there he is on this stage with someone who she knew peripherally through us. Right. You know, as, as someone, you know, important. Um, and that she had she had a tangible something to, like, show to her friends. Right. To say she was proud. He's on the TV. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Right. It? You just have to wait until I think she said, like, you could have always been an actor. Like <laughs> <laughs> what are those, what was that like for you? Great. Going around and, and being a cop. Oh, and, it was cool. And yeah. getting to arrest Vince yeah. McMahon. It's, and uh, anytime, anytime you get a chance to work with people who are, like, the best. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something that should be treasured. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's even ever going to really fully sink in to me, like, the, the crazy opportunity that that, just that little thing was. Right. Emotionally. Right. Um, so when so you go in, when you go into a WWE locker room, because you've been in a few times, when you go backstage, are you just absorbing and absorbing and absorbing everything i try to be i try to learn as much as possible yeah. in any situation yeah. so there it's like i'm just oversensitized mm-hmm. you know right right because there's just things going on everywhere mm-hmm. and like half of it must be like you said you as a kid watching the brood being like this is what it is this is what it is <laughs> sure. and then the other half is you as an adult learning to be a better yeah. pro wrestler absolutely it's amazing and how has because uh, it kind of came out of nowhere when wwe or nxt i guess it was announced that they were kind of partnering with Evolve. Mm-hmm. Was that a surprise for you? Like, Because I don't know, for me, and I think a lot of fans, it was like... Well, I don't even know like the full extent of the relationship. Uh, it's It was awesome to see Sami Zayn show up on a show. Right. Uh, it's just something that our fans don't ever get that kind of acknowledgement, I feel like. Yeah. When, especially like a place like PWG, they feel they're, they're part of the company just as much as the wrestlers, yeah, if yeah, not yeah. more. Um, like those fans are PWG, you know, those fans are Evolve. Um, but they all come from watching, you know, the national stuff, WWE right, of course, or whatever it of is course. at the time. So for them to like come down and be like, no, this exists, yeah, is so rewarding on a different level, yeah, for them. And I mean, for you and, and everybody yeah, working at Evolve, it's right. got to be like, this is great because at least yeah. on some level, they're aware of our promotion, they're aware of us. I mean, they did the. You know, top ten evolve guys right. on .com a while right, back. Right, so right. I mean, that, that's kind of huge. Yeah, it's like uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel for those guys. It's possible. You know, right. like I, when I started, I was like, oh, WWE will never, it never even be an option. I don't even know how to get in touch with them. And like to look back on that now is just really surreal. Right, you know? right. It's really cool. So you did. So when you started, you say that, but like, was your goal still, you know, as when when you're starting, starting to be in WWE, or was that so far out of the realm? You're like. It's not even a goal. I, just, I never thought of it as, you a didn't. Po- as a possibility. I, did, I didn't realize that it was, like, possible. Right. Um, so what was the goal? To just get paid to wrestle and that's it? I just wanted to have a pro wrestling match. And, I, honestly, I just wanted to be. I just want to get good at it. I just, right. Because I like it so much, and I'm not unliking it. Like uh-huh. Some people get upset about stuff if they don't, you know, move as fast or whatever. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've never really had that goal, mm-hmm. that one goal in mind. So. Do you have any goals now? Nope. Or is it just, like, just keep getting better? And <laughs> just keep getting better. See where this leads. See where it goes. Are you happy with where it's led yes, so far? I would much. imagine that, yep. yeah. I think that happens, too. I guess, I think most people, when they're young, do start with goals. Mm-hmm. Like, they go, and they have the WWE goal, or they have the this goal, or the Japan goal, or whatever it is. And then as you get older, you realize that you don't really have any control over any of that stuff. I guess, yeah. So you got to just kind of be good. Mm-hmm. And move forward, and that's kind of it. Yeah, if you're not uh, if you're not happy, I think that's the biggest thing. If you're unhappy with what you where you're at, right, or where you think you're headed, right, like, then maybe it's time to reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah, and and you see guys that are unhappy in the pro wrestling business on every step in life, in, and in life, yeah. in every business, really. How many friends you got that have the job, and all every day of them are it's miserable. mundane. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you do to to 
keep things fresh and be happy doing what you're doing. Because it's easy. I mean, even in I the don't indies, know. I play a lot of video games. Is that it? That's what are you playing? Uh, right now, I just got Fallout Four. I just got it for Christmas. I'm like terrified. I'm gonna lose like six months of my life. <laughs> yeah, I'll give myself like an hour and a half. Yeah, and that's it. But I also like. I got to a place really early in the game where they said you need a bobby pin to pick this lock, huh? and I don't have any bobby pins. Really? They're, like, everywhere, dude. What are you doing? Well, I haven't found one bobby pin. I don't know what are I'm doing. Are you into the campaign yet? Did you, get, did you like, get into the storyline at all? Or? Well, I, I went into the, the building. You can't unlock the first thing. you gotta like up, you got to level up, bro. I don't know. I went into the building, <laughs> and I shot a bunch of people in the building, and then they were like, so I met the people, and they were like, you got to go through that door. And they were like, you don't have any bobby pins. I was like, fuck this. I'm done. All right. You gave up already? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a lot more to the game after that? Uh, Well, if it helps, there's a game called Rare Replay out. You uh -huh. might like Banjo-Kazooie's on it. It's oh, really that's good. cool. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Just got an Xbox One and playing tons of Banjo-Kazooie. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie, Toe Jam and Earl, Crash Bandicoot. I could do that stuff. Yeah. Parappa the Rapper. I, Parappa the Rapper I was good C -Man. at. Seaman. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Seaman. Wasn't that what, that Dreamcast that? game yeah. with the fish with the face on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really weird. There we are. This is where our conversation is. It right was now. really weird. <laughs> who was your who who were your favorites growing up, wrestling wise? Wrestling wise? Not Ken Shamrock. Wise. You love Ken Shamrock? Did I love Ken Shamrock? He said it's too much. <laughs> you did. You yeah, I took to him. I don't know why. All right, so, like, it happens in phases. So, Hulk Hogan when I was really little. Sure. Uh, then came, like, Bret Hart. A little okay. bit later, and then it was Ken Shamrock, of course Stone Cold, and like The yeah. Rock, and then like the Acolytes. I love the Acolytes. You love the Acolytes. Farouk yeah. <laughs> is the man. Well, you know what? Because you get older, I guess, and you like Ken Shamrock, Farouk, Bradshaw. Yeah. These are the guys that strike you as like. It's my King of Trios team. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know about characters, but those guys can kick someone's ass. We talking sure, about, you about sure. characters. You never seen them do the juggling act? Like, <laughs> cycles and stuff, dude? It's no, awesome. no, I don't know. I just know they could hurt someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep. and that's what you got into. Have you ever thought about, like, why didn't you ever go the MMA route if you're, like, have such a kind of grappling? I didn't have the passion for MMA. Like, you never did? Rest. No, I just, I don't know. Um, I've I've done, like, Naga and stuff like that, like yeah. grappling tournaments. I took judo in college for a year. Um, I've, I've dabbled in Krav Maga, uh -huh. like weird stuff. Sure. Uh, my buddy does Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, so I've always kind of been around grappling, um, and it's... It's a fun art form, just like amateur wrestling to me. I feel like I had that, so I didn't really want to do much. It was never like, that's my career. I'm going to be right. a, a fighter or a wrestler or, anything, or an amateur wrestler or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and I guess, I guess I feel like a big difference between MMA and pro wrestling is like the crowd when you're MMA, even though there's a crowd there, like UFC draws giant crowds. Right. They can't be an element in the fight. Like as a fighter, you have to lock out the crowd. Sure, absolutely. Whereas yeah. a pro wrestler, you're trying to it's kill. Like you're trying to kill to win. Right. As pro wrestling, you're trying to perform that. Right. But it's you're performing it, and the crowd becomes part of a yeah. part of the thing. It's a crazy form of acting. Yeah. It's an insane form of acting. You didn't do school plays or anything like that. Sometimes you did yeah. do school plays. I was actually on. I was on a stage crew for school plays. I did uh, day camp plays. What's the, what are the, day camp plays? All right. So we have like. You know what day camp is? Like I mean, like that's when you go to camp. You don't sleep yeah, there, right? I did like every year the BS play. I did the plays there. What plays did you do? The Music Man. <laughs> you did. Uh, <laughs> Oliver Twist. Well, who were you and Oliver Twist? Fagan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were you were the bad guy. I was the old cranky Jewish guy. That's cool. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, running all the pickpockets and everything. Uh, you got to pick a pocket or two. Man. Yeah, and you. But how come you gave up singing then? Uh, not much of a vocalist. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. You didn't have a passion for that either. No, no. For some reason, MMA. 
and uh, show tunes didn't. I've always. I, I'm actually a musician. I do play. I play guitar and like piano and stuff like that. You do. It's all self-taught, just for fun though. It's, it was never like I want to make this my living. Right. It was, oh, okay. Cool. I'll learn this. It's fun. Right. That's and fun. is that also because I feel like a lot of people in wrestling, it ends up being their entire lives. It helps to have. Yes. something outside of it, it really does you can, you yeah know. no i'm lucky that i have a lot of interests outside of wrestling that i like uh graphic design random like that's just something i like doing you do graphic design too mm -hmm. so yeah. did you design the shirt this one's fine yeah this one that. my, my first one actually that's also very like i think a lot of people too whether it's wrestling whether it's uh, uh radio whether it's whatever mm -hmm. broadcasting like people don't realize that the tools are so much more accessible now than they were before yes oh like totally. for somebody not to be like learn video editing learn graphic design learn and then you don't have to find a graphic designer to design your shirt. Yeah, it's all DIY. You, right, you've got that skill set. You see that through wrestling, too, I think a big thing. I think one of the biggest things, like you were saying, tape trading earlier. Right. Like, I'm probably the last generation that had to pop a VHS in to study. Sure. And then YouTube came out right as, right as like, you know, right. training started picking up and right. wrestling started picking up. So that's just it changed everything. Do you think, yeah, do you think that the fact that everything's so much easier, is it, is it better or does it? Because you had to work just to get the tape. To train. Sure. Right? Yeah, there, so, I think you're saying, like, generation-wise... Like, there's, there's you, you don't have to start here. Like, when you have to work to find the tape, mm -hmm. that means the first step is work, right? Yeah. Now, you, the first step isn't work. It's just YouTube. Leisure. Right. Yeah. So, it's like, does it... Is it just that one step that's different, or does it carry there's throughout? An, there's an understanding of people who, like started before then and people who started after then and i've had discussions with a number of my peers about that like there's that like we had to actually do it the hard way right. as opposed to them doing it the easy way personally i don't think i don't think it's anything real i think that's just society progressing yeah. and stuff like that i mean because people older than us said the same thing about oh yeah whatever it was. telephones yeah everything was tougher for them so they're yeah, back stronger in my day for, yeah i was sending telegrams like, yeah yeah all right so is that what you try to do as a teacher not fall into the you know old man sort of well you know a few kids had it as tough as i did uh it's hard not to sometimes yeah but then it's it's all the same like like you said that generation before was saying the same stuff and they're just feelings i i personally don't try to externalize that to my guys who are training because mm -hmm. i don't want that to rub off on them uh, -huh. uh i think that what they should be doing is enjoyable right if they're not then they're wasting their time right so we try to you know make it that way for them to perceive it as such even though we don't sugarcoat things if if that's what i'm giving off right which is i don't know that's just something that you got to learn i guess over time right kind of just i mean it's supposed to be difficult right mm -hmm. like if it was if it was easy then yeah, you'd be giving people the wrong impression because right. once you get in front of a crowd, it's not easy. No, <laughs> it's not easy before you get in front of a crowd. Like I said, you fall, you're done. You know. Right. Right. So what are what are the what's the worst injury that you've experienced? The worst one I've ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, physically, I mean, I've had damage to my face and stuff like that. That's probably going to be there forever. Um, but like pain wise, I've had my sacrum knocked out of alignment. I don't even know what a sacrum is. It's the bone in between your hips. Oh my gosh! Above your tailbone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's been hurt pretty like bad. Like at the bottom of your spine? I could barely walk. It took me forty minutes to walk across a hallway just to get into a shower at one uh. point. Um, that's when I watched Lost on uh -huh. Netflix for uh -huh. a lot of downtime. <laughs> you got to catch up on the whole season. It just happens. It's a great show. <laughs> Ending was kind of shit though, but yeah. Yeah. How'd you break your sacrum? I didn't break it. I, I got knocked or, out. Or just, I just took it. a body slam. Like I said, that's what you say. So it's like you can you could prepare for the wildest stunts ever. Yeah. And it's that one little probably just like didn't stretch enough that day, mm -hmm. or you know didn't lift properly the week before, and it just 
That was right. it. And it's done. Well, man, I mean, I would ask you, like, where you see yourself going in the future, but it seems like you're not really Consum- thinking about the future. It's like, where am I going tomorrow? Yeah, as long as, I'm, as long as I'm healthy and enjoying it and, you know, is there opening any, opportunities. Is there, is there anybody that you want to wrestle Ooh. like especially in the near future before the what your future yeah i do want to fight my brother you do yeah 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 put on like a it's been a while yeah it's been a while mom's taking notice of it now so <laughs> yeah i definitely want to have like a good one with my brother yeah That'd be cool yeah so, cool man yeah well thanks for hanging out thanks uh, for bringing me out this nice yeah day. i'm really glad that nobody's building we really are we're sitting on a stoop in front of someone's building mm-hmm. like we literally were sitting on the stairs before but then somebody came up to go to their house. We had a good so location. We were like, today. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, we have to move. Uh, so we'll get out of here and let people go back to their house, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. But uh, good talking to you, man. Yeah, thank you very much. For sure. Here is Sam Roberts. And that was Drew Gulak here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Super happy to have him on and definitely a name that you should be watching. I think he is going to make an impact. He's making a lot of people talk and he's doing something different. And that's what you got to do in the world of pro wrestling is do something different. Do something that other people aren't doing. It's what's going to make you money. A lot of people need to make extra money. I was just thinking the other day. I need a little extra money. There's a way that you can do that. And it's very, very easy. Just drive with Uber. That's right. See, Uber is a a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. So as a driver, you can make extra money driving your own car. Uh, It's totally flexible. You don't have to quit your day job. You make more money. Uber lets you make the money on your own schedule. Whenever you need a little extra cash, turn on the app, start driving. A few hours here, a few hours there. It's going to add up very, very quickly. Easy to get started. All you have to do is go to drivewithuber.com and sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone. You answer a few basic questions about you, about your car, and then you get approved. Finally, start driving. That's all there is to it. I told you it was easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. It's the only way to do it. Make extra money whenever you want by driving with Uber. Uh It'll help you buy some of those T-shirts at NotSam.com, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast T-shirts, or a Boo the Bad Guy T-shirt. Let's get into it. So much going on. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Um, we, we saw a, a Dean Ambrose Triple H world title match set up on Raw on Monday night. Uh, we saw the makings for more than one match, possibly, at this year's WrestleMania. And uh, we saw the matches that we do have begin to develop. I know Katie got fired up about a certain tag team. Enough teasing. Let's start this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome. Hey, State of Wrestling. Katie Linendahl's here. Ah! It's alarming every time. And I got to tell you, Mm -hmm. this week Raw, if I can put a spotlight on how much like The Revenant, Dean Ambrose's... Oh. journey uh, 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 was uh, inside out as far as they needed 
to cut the references to the Academy Awards by about 80%. But, 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 you and I both agreed in our pre production meeting, mm-hmm, which, which as is you now. know is right now, mm-hmm. that we would give a shout out to Shattered Dream Productions mm-hmm. for winning the Oscar for Best Picture. That's right. Congratulations. So, they were responsible for Spotlight this year. So congratulations. I mean, I understand. Grammy went to the Usos and Shattered Dream Productions. Congratulations. <laughs> Everybody's just, wow. I understand that, you know, you want to make pop culture references and be relevant and stuff, but it's like they watch four shows a year. And when they happen, it's like, oh, let's chalk Raw full of Super Bowl references. Let's chalk Raw full of of Academy Awards references. Nobody cares about the Oscars. Nobody. One reference to the Oscars. Enough for the whole three-hour show. One. One reference. And make it fit. You could say, Dean Ambrose, I haven't seen, you know, Dean Ambrose is hunting for Triple H harder than Leo was in The Revenant. And move on. Everything was a reference to that award show last night. But I feel like you're so right. When they do bring up reference to something in pop culture, it's almost so obvious that there's going to be a tie-in. Like uh, John Stewart is a perfect example. I'm like, where is this going? Oh, because he's in this segment. Then when it comes out of left field and they're talking about the Oscars and there is no relevant tie-in, then it's even weirder. I'll tell you what, where the tie-in That's, is. Talk about a spotlight. Puts a spotlight on that. What do you mean nobody watched the Academy Awards last night? I thought it was a wonderful show, damn it. Oh, we're going to celebrate the world of film. Oh, we're going to celebrate the Academy tonight. Who saw Spotlight? It was a laugh riot. No, Vince, that wasn't a comedy. (laughs) Who said that? Who said it? It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got an idea. We're going to, we're going to have, we're going to have Charlotte. And Ric Flair, we're going to lock him in a shed for years. We're going to wrap Rick in a carpet to escape. Vince, did you just see <laughs> the trailer wasn't... for Room? Yeah. Did you? Ju- it has nothing to do with that. It's a little insensitive, Vince. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be a real tearjerker around here. I want to see some tears everywhere. <laughs> we're going to be crying. Academy Awards. Why isn't Lady Gaga performing in my WrestleMania? Vince? Although I thought it was a really good idea, potentially for the Hall of Fame ceremony, that we run the thank yous on the bottom of the screen. That's right. Because sometimes those speeches, i.e. the shrub story, go a little too long. (laughs) Let's get some music. They were playing Flight of the Valkyries for me at the Academy Awards. Me! Did you not think that for for the, the Hall of Fame ceremony, though? That they should start playing music? No, dude, that they should run the credits on the bottom. What do you mean the credits? The on... thank yous. Oh, just like just have it in text. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get they get thirty seconds. Right. And then it's like Royal Rumble. Right. The next clock like kicks ticks down. <laughs> but again, speech, I speech, a, speech. A congratulations to Shattered Dream Productions. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so many references. It was like it, it becomes obvious. You know exactly when the powers that be at WWE have watched a show that isn't wrestling because it's just all raw is about. Do you remember when we were at that SmackDown and they were actually watching? What? Yeah, we went, I know. I think it was raw and it was the Grammy sorry, awards. It was raw. Ah, they were watching the Grammy awards on one of the monitors, but obviously nobody was paying attention to it because they weren't making references to the Grammy awards. There was no wrestling on Sunday night. So Vince was just chilling in Greenwich 
watching the Academy Award. Yeah. So random. I didn't see any of these movies. What do you mean? How many? Mad Max. <laughs> Mad. What in WWE studios do Mad Max? Vince, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> they won all the awards. We should have been winning those awards. Oh, he's cranky because of the Oscars. I don't understand it. And then Ambrose says that he has a movie out. Yeah. Yeah. WWE Studios didn't get nominated for any Oscars. This doesn't make any sense. We're gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna get an Oscar. We're gonna get an Oscar. <laughs> okay, Vince. Can we just write raw? Needs more references. We're gonna be very relevant tonight. It's going to be the Academy Awards tribute show on Raw. Make sure you say the Revenant at least seven times. What is a Revenant? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it won an award. <laughs> Get Leo on as the guest host. Vince, tonight? Yeah. Have him bring the trophy. I don't think we can pull that off. You what? All right, we're going, we're going. Oh, however... <laughs> We're on the road to WrestleMania, I guess, yeah. and these are the stops we make. Well, we should mention, before we get into Raw and everything that happened, uh, no complaints from anyone. You know, it was a controversial pick last week. This is my favorite. This might be my favorite part of WrestleMania, although I don't like it as much because now they leak the Hall of Fame online the day that it comes out. I used to love when you would watch Raw. And you would find out who was going into the Hall of Fame as they announced it. Like, you just know, at some point in the night, camera's going to go down to Michael Cole, and he's going to surprise me with who's going into the Hall of Fame this year. Because since, you know, we're weeks away, every week or so, we're going to have a new inductee. Right. Last week it was Godfather, but, you know, you find out, I think uh, ESPN broke it. This week, Rolling Stone broke it. I, yeah, I mean, it's good It's good for publicity. I think WWE's doing the right thing. But just as a watcher, I'd always get excited because it would be a surprise right. who was going in. A few complaints last week at The Godfather going in, which I think were unfounded, as we talked about. No complaints. This is one that people have been asking for for a long time. Really called this one. The Freebirds going in. Yep. Yeah. The Freebirds going into the Hall of Fame. Now, the Freebirds... It's not the Bushwhacker spot. It's very, very important. <laughs> <laughs> you may not know, as Katie didn't know, and that's... I w- I'm not going to apologize for my existence becoming after right. the Freebirds. Bo- free Whatever, man. I wasn't born. See, here's what Maybe happened. Maybe just make stuff up. That's I'm... not the kind of girl I am. No. No. She's not going to feign yeah. knowledge. No. She's either going to have it or she's going to sound like a dope. That's correct. Either way, it's not going to be fake. And that's the point. I... I didn't get to grow up with the Freebirds. I mean, I knew when they had their incarnation in WCW. That's why I was actually kind of surprised that Jimmy Jam Garvin is going into the Hall of Fame with the Freebirds. Because he really only came along after the original Freebirds broke up. The Freebirds were uh, uh, Buddy Roberts and Terry Gordy along with Michael P.S. Hayes. Uh, They were very, very important. I didn't get to grow up with them because I grew up in... New York, and spent a few years in England. So all I really grew up with, and I was, you know, I'm 32 years old, so the territories were dying out anyway. All I grew up with was WWE. However, once I got into the world of tape trading, and let me tell you, when I got into that world, I fell in hard. It started with, like, the magazines. So you'd have, like, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and stuff like that, and they were the first places where you'd find out that there was a bunch of wrestling that existed that you didn't know existed. 
for me. I go like inside wrestling, pro wrestling illustrated, stuff like that. And I'd see pictures of like the dirty white boy, Tony Anthony and stuff like that. And I go, whoa, there's something else happening here. It's not just WWE and WCW. Then you fall hard into the world of tape trading. And I ended up going in deep with world-class championship wrestling that was, of course, coming out of Texas uh, in the 80s. Uh, and and world-class, as far as the territories go, was so far ahead of their time. Like, it looked... You can watch world-class, and it looks like... Yeah, it's similar. It looks older, of course. But it looks a lot more like the wrestling that we see today than does any other territory. I mean... The the fans are, are, are hot. The fans are going nuts for everything that's happening. The stories are well told. The music, the characters, the outfits, everything is very much. And world class, to my knowledge, is the first territory that when they filmed their TV show, they did it in such a way that WWE now does as well and, and adopted from it where they would have their handheld camera operators standing up on the ring apron and right next to the ring. They were the first to really give you these close-up shots of what was going on in the ring. That's why, you know, you watch old wrestling and so much of it is is wide shots. World Class was the first to bring that in. And the fabulous Freebirds were the first to bring, to make music part of it. To my knowledge... Theme music was not really a thing until the Fabulous Freebirds. Or until that guy from NXT didn't have any music and everybody realized it was a horrible idea. And you realize what wrestling is like without it. Yeah. That was wrestling. Terrible. That was wrestling until the Freebirds came along and started mixing this sort of rock and roll contemporary music and wrestling. They were also – they were one of the first real – bad guy tag teams that was selling out buildings. Like, they were heels, but people loved to boo them. Like, you you went to the building to see the Freebirds. And the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds will always go down as one of the great feuds in the history of wrestling. There's very few that can top it. You've got Austin McMahon. You've got Sean and Brett. Maybe, I don't know who you'd have. Hogan's got to have one, maybe Hogan Macho. That might be his best feud. Hogan Macho or Hogan Andre. But Freebirds Von Eric are right up there. Well, pump the brakes. With the whole thing. Prime time. Why? Because A2J or whatever well, we'll you want to call we'll, it. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. You're getting way ahead of yourself because you're all fired up about them. And actually, I, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to pump the brakes. I have a great response. For, I mean, I'm, I'm going to explain the whole thing to you. Okay, sorry. But, sorry. but, but uh, it's weird. I almost feel like the reason the Freebirds have taken this long to go into the Hall of Fame is because Michael Hayes has been working for WWE forever. Mm. So the toy that you have is never as shiny as the toy that you want. You know, your neighbor's toy is always cooler than your toy. So maybe that's it. Maybe they were just looking for the right time. Maybe they realized they could always do it. Uh, Dallas, obviously, because Dallas is where World Class was run out of. They ran out of an amazing building that was torn down, but I never got to see it. But it was an amazing building for TV and for, for adding something to what World Class was. They ran out of the Sportatorium. 
in Dallas, Texas. And if any of you have a chance, I believe there's some world class on the WWE Network. If any of you have not, that's where I would start with territories. I think world class speaks to me more than any other territory, even more than the old NWA territory that became WCW. Even more than that. It's, I like it better than any of the TV studio wrestling. Um, I like it better than Mid-Atlantic. World class to me is honestly the premier wrestling for that era. For the early 80s, I don't think you can do better than world class championship wrestling. And a lot of that is because of the Freebirds. So I'm very, very happy that the Freebirds are going in. I think it really starts when you induct the Freebirds. You're really rounding out the Hall of Fame into something that, that is becoming a wrestling Hall of Fame, which is what the WWE is. As they've gone through, you know, defunct organization to defunct organization and bought up intellectual properties and tape libraries, WWE has become the epicenter for wrestling, you know, in, in terms of wrestling history. Of course, there's still plenty of independent organizations running around, but... In terms of talking about wrestling history, WWE is where you go. And that's what's so great about the network and, and why it has so much potential to just keep adding more and more and more tape, which is honestly the stuff that I love. I guess some people like the original programming, but I love – and Katie, you're not a person who goes back and watches old stuff too much. But nope. more than – You take really good advantage of it though, I have to say. Yeah, I mean if they started saying – the network is no longer going to be where we sell pay. We're not, you have to buy pay per views. Network doesn't have a live component anymore. If you want to watch pay per view, you got to order pay per view. The network is just a tape library. I'd be like, sign me up. I pay double just really? for the tape library. Yeah, I barely even watch the live stuff. I love, love the tape library aspect of the network, and I love that they're adding stuff like world class. And I, be, I bet that as the weeks progress and we get closer and closer to the Hall of Fame, they're going to add more and more world-class stuff because they're going to want to familiarize the audience with the Freebirds. Of course, uh, Jimmy Jam Garvin was uh, part of the Freebirds that were in WCW, uh, and that was, that was later on. But still, still impactful. Um, I'm just glad. You know, for those of you that think 316 Gimmick Street uh, is an important address in wrestling, for those of you that think uh, the corner of Know Your Old Boulevard and Jabroni Drive is important, maybe the most important street in all of wrestling is Bad Street USA. Mm. So I'm very, very excited. Very, very excited to see uh, the Freebirds. It's unfortunate that not all the Freebirds are with us, and maybe that's why Jimmy Garvin is going in, because he's alive and can stand up on stage with Michael Hayes. Um Especially Terry Gordy. I mean, Terry Gordy is such a talent that never really got to shine through. I mean, you go back and watch Terry Gordy's stuff in World Class, Terry Gordy's Japanese stuff, and it, it, it sucks. You know, you watch Terry Gordy's stuff, and the era of that kind of big man, and I feel like they might have been trying to bring it back a little bit with Bull Dempsey, but the era of the Terry Gordy's you could put Bam Bam Bigelow in that category. Uh, you could probably put Bruiser Brody in that category a little bit. That type of big man, that sort of brute, isn't really uh, highlighted anymore. And I think it's it's lacking because those guys were always so freaking cool to me. When you had a big dude like that that was also athletic and could tell a story in the ring 
Amazing to me. Amazing. So I'm very, very happy. Not surprised. Obviously, we called it on the podcast multiple times, as most podcasts would have, I would hope. But uh, very, very happy at uh, the Hall of Fame choice and having the Freebirds going in. Speaking of uh, people calling things on the podcast, I got a few tweets last night uh, asking me how it feels to be right all the time when it became (laughs) clear that we're not seeing a Sasha Banks-Charlotte one-on-one match at WrestleMania. It's going to be a triple threat. Sasha, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. That's what's going to happen. I'm not so sure about that. What makes you not sure about that? Well, at the time of this taping, we have not yet to watch SmackDown. No, we haven't watched SmackDown yet, but I mean, what's, why would they... And by the way, and Sasha's got to know this, I love Sasha with all my heart. Matter of fact, she's my favorite wrestler. I've gone on record to say that. I guess she was exhausted last night because a sit-down sit down powerbomb ended with her just laying down. <laughs> like, it was... If you watched the replay of the double pin finish between Becky and Sasha, it was very sort of awkward. It was a little awkward. It was. It was. And, I, and you know, it's a tough spot to figure out, to go, like, sit down, powerbomb into w- it, sunset flip, I guess. I don't know. But it was, it was a cool way to do the double pin that we haven't seen before. But it you was think just, that's going to happen all over again on SmackDown? I think, yeah. The idea of having another schmoz ending on SmackDown Come on. is heavy. Yes. Yes. I would say you're going to have another schmoz on SmackDown. Uh-huh. Or... Somebody will win, but they'll cheat, and they'll do another match. It's going to be a triple threat. It will definitely be a triple threat because, and the reason you know this, they haven't done anything so far to make Becky or Sasha look like one is a bigger star than the other. Nothing has been made clear as to why one would get a women's title match at WrestleMania and the other. You know, the, the story that's being told is you've got Charlotte, who's this heel champion. You've got WrestleMania which is going to be the biggest Divas match of the year, maybe of all time, because it's WrestleMania 32. And you've got uh, Sasha Banks and you've got Becky Lynch, both being shown to have equal star power as far as the story that's being told. That story doesn't end with one going to WrestleMania and one sitting home. That story ends with a triple threat match, Um, which I think will be a great match. I just wish it was the one-on-one. Well, I, I, in the event of you being right, I'll no. give you another one. Because have you noticed they're doing more on SmackDown and more exclusives on network? Yes. Yes. This Since is the moment you said it, Sam. This is what and, – and we can talk about this. But should Shane McMahon win at WrestleMania somehow, which, again, I don't think he will. I think Shane McMahon is back temporarily. He's going to be de- denounced as a son. He will be denounced as a son. He will not get anything in the will. That's... uh, uh, It's scary. I don't know how I feel about it. You don't. You know, there's the the occasional Thanksgiving argument, perhaps. Mm -hmm. The Christmas outbreak. Mm -hmm. It happens to all families. It does. This isn't right, and I don't feel good about it. I mean, I I guess not, but in my house... It hurts my soul. In my house, my dad goes... uh, Hey Sam, well, your we, house is extra dysfunctional. Well, Very guys, nice people. Hey Sam, will say. you grab this for me? And I'll go, no, Dad. And he'll go, all right, great, out of the will. And that's it. It's well, just, I mean, it's thrown around like this. Or like, hey Dad, you look great today. Ah, oh, Sam's my favorite. He's getting the lion's mm, share. Mm, that's how it works in my house. So I China. get it. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like not with a Y. That's what I was thinking at first. Right. Uh, that's how, that is though. That's how it works in my house. So I get it. I get where they're coming from. They use it as clout. The good right. will. Right. If Shane were to win though, I think that it would immediately be the, the draft all over again. Ugh. I mean, they're using the language that Shane McMahon is in charge of Raw specifically for a reason. Um, honestly, the more I think about it, even if Shane does lose, I still feel like the fact that they've made such a big deal about control of Raw is for a reason. You use that verbiage for a reason. You could have said control of the company. You chose not to. I think that there is a strong likelihood that after WrestleMania, there is some sort of a draft type scenario. And honestly, at this point in the game, I think having separate rosters for Raw and SmackDown would not be a bad idea at all. I think it'd be a good idea. I think I think it'd be I, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be a reason to watch SmackDown. Um, I think you'd have more opportunity to tell stories. Um, I, think, I question if too many people are hurt right now to make that move. I think you can absolutely make that move because I think there are a lot of people on Raw that aren't having stories told about them because Raw is concentrating on two storylines. You know? Yeah. You know? And you can now – you've got enough people to do more than two storylines. Well, and the only reason we have two storylines is because the McMahons have been separated into two storylines. The reason there are two storylines on Raw is because Stephanie has one and Triple H has another one. Those are the two. Before there was one storyline on Raw because Triple H and Stephanie were in the same story. I'll tell you what. There's going to be a third storyline if Shane McMahon loses because Salino and Barnes is going to be introduced. Salino and Barnes, injury attorneys? 800 my brain was going with that one. <laughs> but wasn't it interesting at the house show to prove your point about the roster how we're watching Fandango, for example. And you just – these are characters you forget all about. Not to say that he could be a prominent character over on SmackDown. That's not to say he couldn't be example. a prominent character on SmackDown. But, well, okay, with that said, what do you do with somebody like Tyler Breeze at this point? Tyler Breeze, that's what I mean. Tyler Breeze needs an outlet where someone like that can perform. You know what the best part about SmackDown – you know what the best part about the draft split was? Someone else's hands were on SmackDown. Whether it was – like Vince didn't have the hands-on approach to SmackDown that he did to Raw. And you know what that led to? Edge, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, a, a ton of guys. But I feel like now they're using Chris it to their advantage so much to, to actually get people to go from flipping over to Raw to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That they're integrating it in the storyline. If you're going to have that divide, I feel like it never worked. It did though. I mean, you had all those stars I just mentioned. The Smack, the Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, but you should Christian, keep them only Chris on Benoit. SmackDown. Keep them on SmackDown. That's it. Yeah, I mean, every now and then you have a special thing or whatever. But yeah, keep them on SmackDown because that's your reason. Wait, I know Raw is good, but there's something special going on over here, or vice versa. Mm. You know, you need that. I mean, you don't need NXT guys on Raw. To know that NXT is special. And as a matter of fact, if NXT guys were on Raw, it wouldn't be special anymore. Right. So, I mean, that that to me is why a brand split would work. And maybe it's like, yeah, some guys wouldn't have the eyes that Raw has on them. 
but they're not getting the eyes anyway. Correct. So what possible harm could it do? But I also hate to see it go as like a triple A. You don't want to create that. Well, you're going to have a secondary brand. SmackDown's not going to be as good as – like Raw is going to be the primary brand. SmackDown's going to be the secondary brand. It happens. But as opposed to what? What would you rather do? Wrestle on SmackDown as a secondary brand or work main event – the same main event match four weeks in a row? You know? Like do you want to be Darren Young and Fandango in a dark match before main event? Or do you want to at least be in the secondary promotion? Selena and Bob. See, so I think that a lot, a lot is positive about a potential brand. Interesting hypothesis. Yes, yes, and there you could just develop characters that way, and that's how an audience. uh, And all you have to do is show, like, look, hey, guys in charge of Raw, whether it's Vince, whether it's whoever. Look at the way the audience is responding to this guy. And the reason they're responding to this guy this way is because he had a chance to shine over here because he wasn't being overshadowed by a bigger raw storyline. You know, I think I think a lot. So then you think that Shane's going to. I still I still think Shane's going to lose because I don't think Shane's going to stick around. You just think there's some point there's going to be a split. Yeah. and And I think that there's a lot of ways a WrestleMania match could go. That ends with Vince not having control of Raw. Even if I, I still I find it difficult to believe that Shane McMahon beats the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Number one, I don't think Shane's going to stick around. Number two, I don't know why you'd give Undertaker two losses: one to Brock Lesnar and one to Shane O'Mac. But I think that there are a lot of different ways you could go. I think there are a lot of different workarounds that it, it ends up being where now this guy is in charge of. SmackDown, now you have lost control of Raw. Maybe Shane loses, but he comes out on Raw to say, yeah, but guess what was in the contract? I still get SmackDown. And here's the new SmackDown general manager, whoever it is, Shawn Michaels, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I could see there are a lot of ways that you can get there, and I think it'll be good. Now, I don't want you to get distracted again, so I want to hear what you have to say. About the hottest new tag team in the world. Why 2 aj You know, it only took about seven, maybe eight seconds before I was on WWEshop.com looking for that A2JY whatever t-shirt. It looks like one of those uh, eye charts. Like when you go to the, when you get new glasses? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the E. I always used to cheat on those, which was really at my disadvantage, and I didn't figure that out until I was about 14. You just like passing tests. Dude, what's up? And not like R-Truth, what's up? By the way, R-Truth, another MVP. Why don't you just throw AJ Styles, who's like the hottest thing right now, Mm -hmm. with like the giant Gonzalez. Right. Because he's apparently, just because it comes out of his mouth that he's the hottest thing right now. Right. You know, just put him with him. You know, uh, you know why? Because he passed. Because he passed. Oh (laughs) no, I wasn't talking about. Oh, because he passed. (laughs) I didn't mean to be insensitive about it. I was just using it as an example. I know, I know. I didn't take it. I wasn't being sensitive about it. Yeah, no, no. I didn't take offense to it. How else are you going to get to a Jericho AJ Styles match at WrestleMania? I I get that, and everybody said that Jericho turn on AJ. I get that. That's why they're doing it. I mean, Jericho and AJ are going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Yay! And you're going to actually have a reason to hate Jericho. And AJ's going to beat him. 
and then AJ will be able to go on into more main roster activity. Now, I'd probably... Would you rather see AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, or AJ Styles, Jericho? Answer the question. I would personally rather see AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Said everyone. Yeah, but in terms of, of business, I completely understand why this is the story being told. Why don't you just have him wrestle Dash and Dawson? No offense, Dash and Dawson, but why don't you have him wrestle those two in a triple threat at WrestleMania at this point? It makes no sense. It, it, I'm very angry. I about understand. It. Jericho is a former champion of the world. Dawson Dashin haven't uh, <laughs> haven't gotten there yet. Dash and Dawson are not the legends that Jericho is. He does have a little bit of credibility from 2000. More like a, a thousand. thousand. Um, and there's a story being told here. He does have one loss to Jericho. He's got two victories over him, I guess. Uh, uh, but the reason that you have him with Best Jericho, of 20? no, you you would, the reason that you have him with Jericho is because Jericho is has, quote per his words the hottest thing right now. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. He's I'm got credibility. Up. I'm gonna sit out in the corner and shut up. He still does good match. I mean, you're still going to have a good match between Jericho and, and AJ. It's AJ Styles. Yeah, but I'm, I've said my piece. Go ahead. Jericho can still work good matches. You know, he's still. He and and AJ can pull off something cool at WrestleMania, and he's motivated to do a good match, I think. Uh, And I think you want to take AJ, and you want to start with him in the beginning of the new WWE year, which comes after WrestleMania. But you also want that impact of him coming to the Royal Rumble and maybe making some money with him between now and WrestleMania. So what do you do? You put him in a program where he doesn't really have an impact on the main roster. And he can wipe out somebody who you can get rid of after WrestleMania. You can have AJ Styles have this story with Chris Jericho and have a complete conclusion, because Jericho can leave for a while, theoretically. Because he does, he comes and goes. So you can have him beat Jericho, have the story told, it's over. He had this WrestleMania moment where you you have now taken this new guy to WWE audiences. This new hot commodity has now beaten one of your older hot commodities at your biggest show in the world and is now entering into the main roster. I understand if we hadn't seen that match seven times. Three times. Nine. I believe you can't go up. That's not how <laughs> negotiations work. Well, you can't also bring somebody in at the Royal Rumble in three spot, get everybody freaking excited, mm-hmm. and then bring them back down. You don't start somebody in the last level of an obstacle course and then tell them to rerun what's, it. I don't think you're. I, I, what's I'm bringing, coming from a passion place. What's bringing him back down? I don't understand what's bringing him down. You're t- you basically just said he needs to like kind of, which other people on Twitter have said, by the way, to me in my rage. Yeah. That he kind of has to run his course and ramp up. Yes, of course. No, he came in hot. Yeah, but you didn't do it to Kevin Owens. Kevin, yeah, you, you, I mean, <laughs> not really in a, in a roundabout way. And guess what? Do you want AJ Styles to be where Kevin Owens is now? I or want do you, Kevin uh, Owens versus AJ Styles. Period. Or, here's the problem with Kevin Owens. You're right. You ramped him up real quick, and guess what? He lost to John Cena multiple times and stayed in the middle of the card. He did it fine now. He, no, no, he's in the middle of the card. Getting ramped back up. He just lost to the Big Show on Raw. It, come on. If, Who won? We'll talk about 
Well, that area, the mailbox, is just getting taken advantage of at this point. That is, a, that is an aside. Right, right, right. The wellness policy needs to include jock straps. Absolutely. But Kevin Owens is a perfect example of coming in hot and just letting the fire burn as opposed to being like, okay, let's do this in the smartest way possible. AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho is still a marquee match at WrestleMania. You don't put AJ Styles in the main event of his first WrestleMania because the only place you have to go after that is down. You could put him in with Kevin Owens, I guess, but it's like, where, where do you go after? Like, in this scenario, AJ has a moment to be to have his WrestleMania moment, and then we can still have his Kevin Owens feud as well. I'm sure that the Kevin Owens AJ Styles thing is ha- is going to happen. Yeah, that's called a match you save for WrestleMania. Or it's a match that you can build off of after AJ Styles has had his first WrestleMania moment. Beating he, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Well, he's, well, he beats Chris Jericho because there is a story there, and if he beats, if he has his WrestleMania moment at the expense of Kevin Owens, then you've just taken something away from another talent that you would hope the company can grow with as opposed to having it at the expense of somebody who's had his moments and can just make AJ theoretically shine. Kevin Owens should not be in a position just to make anybody look better. Kevin Owens should be making other people look better and making himself look better because he needs elevation the same way AJ needs elevation. Jericho doesn't need elevation. Jericho's sole purpose in WWE is to elevate others. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's why he's on the roster is simply to elevate others. And if Jericho is on WrestleMania, same way he was on WrestleMania 29 to elevate Fandango long term. But in that moment, (laughs) (laughs) worked out real well last time. But in that moment, he elevated him. Um, I don't. I don't know. think he's not going to put on an electric show. Right, he's going to entertain. And I don't know who. Think about but it this I, way. I don't. Can I say one last thing? I'll shut up about it. I, I think when you're comparing a Kevin Owens to an AJ Styles match, that is a solid good match, regardless of the outcome. There's no one elevating anyone. That's a match you're excited to see through and through. There's no point being made here. What's wrong with that? That you? Why not? You have a spot on WrestleMania. It's the Jericho match, which is the spot to elevate somebody into a very high level. Since when was Jericho the Undertaker? I just, come on. You don't think Jericho elevates people? Maybe that's where I have a huge disagreement with you on this. I mean, I think he, I think to beat Jericho at WrestleMania is... I didn't say it wasn't going to be an electric match. ...is an elevation of okay. character. that's subjective. I mean, I don't see how it could be. He's going into the Hall of Fame. He's a sure, multiple absolutely. Time, he's a multiple-time world champion. If he were in the main event picture right now, it wouldn't be a surprise. He is a main event guy. He's been in the main event many times. When we were talking about great feuds, his feud with Shawn Michaels. Ten years ago. Twenty years ago. It wasn't 20 years ago. Forty years ago. <laughs> his feud. They just gave him a commemorative plate that was in like, you know how every decade it's something else? It's like it was in, it was in platinum because it was that many years ago. That's, I mean, that's a lot of years mm-hmm. to be in platinum. Yep. Read your email. The Jericho spot is meant to elevate somebody at WrestleMania. It's not 
the same as The Undertaker. It doesn't propel you into superstardom. Can we track back to when the last time? So wait, you said 29 Fandango. Then I guess what? He took a two-year off or Yeah, because 28 was CM Punk for the title. CM Punk beating him. And then, wow, you're going back good. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then as you start to get back further, that's when Jericho is more of an active roster guy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, people can tweet us. I don't remember if Jericho was at. He wasn't at WrestleMania last year for sure, and he might not have been the year before. Um, yeah, I don't recall him being at the last two WrestleManias. But WrestleMania or no WrestleMania, that's why he's come back every time he's been back, is to elevate. Somebody. And I think that the sole purpose of Chris Jericho being in WWE right now is to make AJ Styles look like a bigger star. And I get your point about wanting to see Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. We're going to have plenty of opportunity for that. And I don't know what other person I would want elevated by Chris Jericho at WrestleMania besides AJ Styles. AJ Styles doesn't need elevated by anybody. He does. Not. I mean, you just, uh, he if does. somebody on the other line of this, slow clap me for that one. AJ I feel Sti- strongly about it. I mean, why wouldn't you want to elevate? He, he doesn't need elevated. What's he done in WWE? Do you think Donald Trump needs elevated right now? AJ Styles is Donald Trump? A- Donald I'm Trump's- making a comparison. It's Super Tuesday week, okay? Donald Trump is about I'm to. I'm using things that are relevant, like Theoretic- the Oscars. Right, right, right. That's why. Don't try with the topical okay, references. Sorry, you, Vince, none yeah, of you. Okay, my bad. Knock it off. Sorry. Um. Yeah, no, no, no. AJ, AJ, absolutely, because a lot the WWE audience is excited to see him. This is a moment for him. I know what you're saying that they're going to be excited to watch him wrestle Kevin Owens, but if you can come up with a scenario where Kevin Owens and AJ Styles walk out of WrestleMania both looking strong. That would be the best of both worlds. If you can set something up, let's say, let's go over to the Kevin Owens side of things. Okay, we saw what happened with the Big Show. Let's say the Big Show gets the Intercontinental title match. And you're probably sitting there saying, really? Instead of watching AJ and Kevin Owens, we're watching AJ and Jericho and Kevin Owens and Big Show. But what if at WrestleMania 32... We got to see Kevin Owens deliver a pop-up powerbomb to the big show. You're telling me that's not this moment that lives forever? That's what WrestleMania is for. Those moments. And those moments don't happen with Kevin Owens versus AJ. You know, I would rather see Kevin Owens beat the big show with a pop-up powerbomb clean And AJ Styles beat Chris Jericho, tapping him out with that calf thing clean. And then listen to the audience. The Monday night after WrestleMania, the best Raw of the year. Listen to the audience when Kevin Owens, who's just become king, and AJ Styles, who's just become king, are face-to-face in the middle of the ring. There's your moment. And that only happens if we go this way for WrestleMania, allowing them both to shine and making bigger stars out of both of them. So that when the Kevin Owens-AJ style match happens, it is two 
big stars. It is this kind of amazing fantasy of a match. That's the way I see things. Does that ease your 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 rage at all? I'll let you have the last word. Because <laughs> it is Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Well, I feel like I set it up logically. I feel like I set it up very, very logically there. Do you have another person in mind that you would have Jericho elevate at WrestleMania besides... So let's say, okay, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles is your match at WrestleMania. Who wrestles Jericho? I guess I'm more confused by... I don't see him as that... Yes, absolutely, he's going to be in Hall of Fame. Yes, absolutely, he's an icon. I don't see him at that age or that place just yet where I can use him in comparison to somebody like Taker. Well, it's not Taker. But then but then you have these matches, and I'll give you another example. Beast in the East. The the, the one the match before that, you have right. against, like... Neville. You have Didn't Neville he beat and Neville? Balor. Yeah. Like, why? Did he beat Balor? I don't think he beat no. Balor, but he beat Neville. No. Or did he not beat I don't, I don't know if he beat Neville. But my point is, why is it this... He, in your words, quote, elevating these people that, in my opinion, need absolutely no elevating... Well, just because, and I because I don't put him in that icon territory. I don't think he's old enough to be in that icon territory. Well, number one, if he's old enough That's to be in the icon territory, he can't work good matches anymore. The point is that he he's in this rare position where he is a mainstream name. People know him, right? And he's got a reputation and a light up jacket. Yes, but he's got a reputation as somebody who's been very very successful in the world of pro wrestling. This is a guy who's done it all. Who's seen it all. He beat The Rock and Stone Cold in one night. He had one of the great world title feuds with Shawn Michaels. Like, he's done a lot. He made a huge impact when the the millennium came and Y2J and all that stuff. So, I think that, and I, and I, I do think, I don't think anybody doesn't need elevating. That's like saying Brock Lesnar doesn't need elevating. So why beat The Undertaker when Brock Lesnar absolutely benefited from that, being that's elevated. That's a different story. I don't, he's not elevating people. The Undertaker is elevating people. He elevated one person once. You had one time to do that. That's beating the streak. That's creating a super... That's totally different than just elevating somebody. To beat an established name like Chris Jericho elevates somebody. And it elevates a character and it gives you credibility. To not factor that in is to say, okay, well, then you can't be mad that the Wyatts lose every pay-per-view because, you know, they don't need elevating. And it's like, yeah, everybody needs elevating. And wins and losses do matter. Not Maybe not every single one, but an accumulation of them absolutely do matter. Uh, So I think that it does. It, It makes, if Finn Balor beats Chris Jericho on his way to becoming the NXT champion, you go, whoa. Okay, I mean, I know he was cool, but now he has a victory over Chris Jericho. That's something. It's especially on a big stage where Chris Jericho has done a lot. I mean, Chris Jericho has headlined WrestleMania. He's wrestled the last match at WrestleMania. Not many people have done that. So to be able to come back now and have a younger guy beat him is it's 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 something. Perhaps we can at least agree on the fact that we should be thankful that Y2K never did happen. I'm super thankful because I had a lot of money tied up in uh, banks. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had access to any of it because all the computers would have shut down. Yeah. Thank goodness. Do you think 
that they're setting up a Kevin Owens Big Show match for I'm not WrestleMania? Sure about that. You, yeah, that's your guess. I think I'm I, I'm very much jumping to conclusions with that one. Like yeah. that's kind of that's 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 rushing it a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would rather see. Kevin Owens get a moment against the Big Show and a multi-man match for the U.S. title uh, than something else. I feel like Sin Cara has taken a lot of uh, a lot of uh, heat away from uh, what's his face, Kalisto. Yeah, now Kalisto is back to the tag team world. <laughs> it's like a t- uh, teeter totter. Yeah, I don't like it. It's just be friends. Yeah. I think that, that Kalisto should be having a nice little U.S. title run for himself, and he's back in tag team world now. Uh, yeah, I don't think – somebody tweeted me – I think it's pretty obvious that the New Day is going to be turning face, and they're going to be going up against the League of Nations, unless they end up against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, Oof. <laughs> I think it'll be against the League of Nations. Um, are you – what do you think of how they set up this – they're doing a WWE network. We knew that on March 12th, they were going to uh, put the house show from Toronto on the network. It was just called the March to WrestleMania, and they had a house show in Toronto. They were going to air it as a network special. It's now being called Roadblock and is being headlined by Triple H versus Dean Ambrose for the championship. What do you think? I was surprised. Yeah. I thought it was a good surprise. Mm-hmm. You don't think anything could change for Mania, though, do you? I don't think so. A lot of people are speculating. Uh, I personally think that this move is a move done to make Triple H more of a bad guy. They go, okay, we need people to boo Triple H. Let's put him in against mm. Dean Ambrose. Because people actually cheer Ambrose. They're not cheering Roman Reigns at the moment, but they're cheering Ambrose. Um, so I think I think that it's just a move to get people to boo Triple H more. Uh, hopefully it'll work. Um, but I'm still confident that they can tell the Roman Reigns Triple H story effectively. The same way they, I mean, they started to at the end of last week's Raw. And they had, you know, a few weeks back when this whole thing started, the beginning of it was great. They just, you know, dropped the ball on it. If they continue to having having Roman Reigns do what he did last week on Raw when he comes back... You know, I, I'm optimistic about it. As long as they don't do any more blood packets. <laughs> we don't need fake blood. What's no the conclusion on that, man? No blood. I think, it's, I think it was fake blood. That's the strong conclusion. And no blood is better than fake blood. Absolutely every day of the week, no blood is better than fake blood. Who cares about fake blood? The reason that that thing looked cool was because it looked real. The minute that you pick up on the fact that there's fake blood, you get reminded that it's not real. And what happens when you get reminded that it's not real? You start booing Roman Reigns again. Stop doing things (laughs) that make people boo Roman Reigns. I think no blood is better than fake blood. That's uh, That's my stand on it. I know this is a little tangential, but I have a question for you. Ask me. I feel like we kind of lost sight of the fact that, what was it, seven, eight months ago, we were having such strong conversations about the Diva Revolution. Mm -hmm. And now what's actually taking place is the Diva Revolution Mm -hmm. in silence. Now it is being played out the well, that, way it should have been played out from the get. And you remember— and, and you don't think about it the way, like, as intently. Right. No, and that's right. And I talked about that a little while back about how the real Divas Revolution is adding storyline and, and creating different matches and multiple matches and all this stuff. So, yeah, no, I think that's 100% right. I think to call the Divas Revolution just something where a whole bunch of Divas show up is wrong, but what's happening now 
I think is 100%. And I think Lana is going to be entering the squared circle soon. Right. It seems like she's getting ready to, uh, to take on Brie Bella. I don't know if she'll wrestle before WrestleMania. It definitely won't be a one-on-one match. Um, but if there's a multi-woman match, I wouldn't be surprised if Lana shows up and starts transitioning over to the wrestling side of things. Because that's definitely where uh, things were going. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. And it, and it at least adds something for Lana to do. Um, what else? What else? What else? I mean, I guess that's... Uh, I thought uh, Raw, was, Raw was good. Raw was good. They are, they're, they're gearing up. You can definitely tell. I'm very, very optimistic about how WrestleMania is going to go. You are having concerns about the Shane McMahon match not happening. I wasn't that having concerned con- me. That I brought it up? Yeah. No, I think it's definitely happening now. I don't think you can do what you did. I back out of that. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can do what you did this week and have the Shane McMahon match not happen. The Undertaker has officially accepted. The Undertaker's. I mean, he said that, you know, the blood will be on Vince's hands, not his, but... The Undertaker has accepted. The match is on. Uh, I think it'll be a disappointment now if it doesn't happen. Raw is going to be stacked next week. Shane, Undertaker, I mean, the whole deal. The whole deal. It's, Was it's, it worth bringing the Taker back for just 15 seconds? I mean, anytime. I mean, it took him 15 seconds to get the ring. Yeah, anytime. 15 minutes, rather. Anytime you see The Undertaker. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was worth it. There's no reason. And and The Undertaker is one of those characters that they get right. Unless there is a very good reason, there's no reason to keep him out there any longer than he has to be. No reason at all. At all. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how it went this week. Uh, uh, are you excited about the way things are, are, are shaping up? Sure am. Yeah. Especially about that A2000. Well, I hope that I've I've... Brought down your I feel concerns a little, a little about bit. It. Yeah, it's going to work out beautifully. Trust me. When you see the way the story all unfolds, you're going to be like, "Oh, oh, that was that's actually really good. Oh, I feel good about this." I think it has the potential to do that. I tend to be an optimist <laughs> in the wrestling world, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I I think that this is this is. Starting to take take shape into something that's good. I mean, Vince McMahon is back on TV. It's never a bad thing no. when Vince McMahon is back on TV. All right, look, I feel like State of Wrestling this week kind of just turned into a raw recap. But as you're going towards WrestleMania, number one, we had Drew Gulak on as the as the interview. Mm-hmm. So that's about as non-WWE as you can get. Uh, but you went on the road to WrestleMania. That's where it counts. All right, Katie Lindendahl. You can get Katie's podcast. It's a tech lifestyle podcast. It's really, really good. You can get it at katie.show. If you type that into the URL or type the words into iTunes, katie.show, and you can uh, download it and subscribe for free. It's great, great, great. You can follow her on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Katie Linendahl. We have a big one coming up in the next week or two. We do. Mr. Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro will be on katie.show. And I was quickly became the third wheel because you guys bonded over... Entertainment stars and serial killers. Talking about porno stars. Oh my god! She's back on his show, by the way. Who's back? Mary on? Jean. Back on whose show? Dave's. What show? Ink Masters. Oh, is that why? Yep. Yep. Got it. You'll hear all about are... it when it comes out. Until then, mm-hmm. we'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Oh, and I do want to mention, I didn't put it on the wrestling podcast because it doesn't exactly fit what we do. But if you want to hear my interview with Virgil. <laughs> Head over. I have another podcast feed. 
Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM, uh, I guarantee you, you will laugh. There's a music video that accompanies it, the whole thing. If you search Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM, you can get the podcast I put out that highlights the show that I do on Sirius XM every night. Uh, uh, and you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna listen to the Virgil interview. He almost over killed there. you in the studio last time. Well, we're all friends now. I have that effect on people, Katie. I'm very very likable. I'm worried about you. We'll see you next week. Kowski. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.